Welcome to the Marketing for Business podcast. This is your host, Scott Wilson. Thomas Benbury, welcome to the Marketing for Business podcast. Thanks for having me. Mate, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to this because, look, I know I know you went to school to eat your lunch as well. <laughs> is that correct? Correct, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're like a lot of the people I've had on the show where, where you look, you've been successful uh, and I'm pretty sure that you don't really want to talk about too much success that you have, but you've actually, the reason I wanted to interview today, because I know you've, you've grown a couple of really cool businesses, uh, you're a smart business owner, uh, but I think it's really cool to, to tell inspirational stories because I think there's a lot of business owners out there that just like us, you know, they, they, they didn't go to university, um, they didn't, you know, like they just got in there and started doing stuff. So appreciate your time. Thanks. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about some cool stuff. I want to get into your journey first. Obviously, we talked about school. Uh, you went there to eat your lunch. Did you just not relate to school? What was the What was the deal there? Yeah, I think um, I think I probably had a issue around portraying the message that I wanted to, or putting things on paper, or yep. things like that. And that was the first issues that I had around. I wasn't fitting into the box that yep. was school. Yeah. Yeah. Because you were supposed. Like, I I vividly remember. Uh, being told to read, and you got to read these books. I just they never made sense to me. It was like, yep. what the hell is this about, right? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until I was twenty three that I remember a guy telling me when I was in Spain. I was actually in London going to Spain. He said, Scott, you can choose any book you want. I remember being in a bookshop, and he said, you can choose any book you want. And I thought that was really foreign. Yeah. Because at school we we're just told what to do. It was it was a really interesting an interesting takeaway. So so you didn't go like so. How long did you stay at school? So I stayed at school for uh, until halfway through seventh form, but oh, yeah. I, I actually the purpose of the seventh form year was just to see uh, the first eleven season. Oh, really? And then yeah. we played our last game, yep. and I didn't go to school the next day. Classic. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so you were at where you were? Shooter boys, and you were in the first eleven. Yeah. Better or bowler? Oh no, football. Oh, fo- oh football. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. So, so, so you, that's okay. So, what did your parents say about that? Uh, they weren't too happy, but I think they could see mum didn't want me doing seventh form, you know, fifth form English and maths for a third year. Oh, right. Her own. So she, <laughs> I think she was, they, were, they accepted I, it. I can see why you relate to Beams now. You know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 definitely. No, look, it's it's like it's an environment that I find, um, yeah, I was the same. I went to school, played cricket. Uh, I just loved it. I loved, I loved the fact that I could play sport, but the rest of it was just kind of, yeah. it was hard work, right? Yeah. Yeah. Football though, like you obviously had a passion for that and you love, love football. What, what does football mean to you? Cause I know, I know, uh, like New Zealand, we're in a, in a middle of a booming of, of kids playing football. I think it's yep. fantastic. Um, yeah. So what does football mean to you? Yeah. I think the main thing is like that team camaraderie and, mm. and the, you know, but also, um, putting in the training. Like I, yeah. I really, my favorite part was actually the training during yep. the week. Like I loved it. What was that? I think it's when you're, you know, you get to dial into a different skill motion each time, yep. and so you'd be concentrating on just one specific yep. part of the game. Yeah, yeah, it's such a skillful game too. Like I know my son and watching him doing what he's doing inside the academy, and no, they're only young fellas, but just how skillful the game is. Yeah, and I really appreciate it as a kid growing up. I love playing footy. Um, my uncles used to tease me though, the uncles were farmers, and especially one uncle would really get on me for playing soccer, and there's yeah. a few things they'd call me I can't say on camera. Um, so I ended up having to play rugby. I've had those names. Yeah. yeah. And it was real, it was real awkward, but now like, I just think it's fantastic that the kids can play. 
play, yeah, um, play footy, and and there's no there's no that that kind of oh you're this you're that's kind of gone now. It's actually yeah. seen as a real a real cool game to play. Yeah, and a pathway. Yeah, to a career. Oh, how good! Like yeah. I played uh, cricket with uh, Brian Nelson. Yeah, and yeah. like he became like a superstar, right? Yeah, and um, yeah, so uh, yeah, you can you can actually you know have a career and make money and yeah, do do what you love. So how far did you go with your with your soccer? Um, through all through the Canterbury's. Yeah, but just couldn't take that next step. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And so. and was it just skill set or just time or what was it? Oh, I think my main issue was speed. I was yeah. actually talking to someone about this. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not fast enough. First, first, you know, five ten yards. Yeah, not fast yeah. enough. Yeah. Do you think with the training they have these days though to increase your speed, you could have increased it? Yeah, like, I think the knowledge now. Yeah, yeah. Because they are making guys quicker now, right? Because totally. of the technology, or not but just the training wise. Yeah, the technology Specific training. And the training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's where I missed out too. Then. <laughs> I, I, I vividly remember um, Canterbury training, yeah. uh, under 16s, uh, they're filming it, and it's the first time I saw myself in video. And honestly, I thought I bowled like Richard Hadley. Yeah. And I came in a bowl, and I did my thing, and uh, Morris um, was filming it, and then we go to watch the video. And I was like, who's that idiot? And he goes, it's you, you idiot. And I said, no, nah, that guy bowls off the wrong foot. And he goes... Well, that's what that's you, you know. And I was so embarrassed. I, I just thought I bowled like Richard Hadley, but actually I bowled like Lance Keynes. Yeah. Uh, but a, a worse version. It was. It was actually quite humbling to uh, to realise that maybe I wasn't as good as I could have been, or should have been. But um, yeah. So, but sports are great. I think it's a it's great for people, younger people. It's, I think, you know, when I talk to young kids, you know, are you playing sport? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You got you've, you've got kids and stuff in sport now, like yeah, two kids, so nine and eight, and they're cool. both yeah, football. Nice. Yeah. Who do they play for? Down at Ferryman. They play for Ferryman. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'll have to look out for them. We're the yeah. mighty nomads. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So, sport, and you got through the Canterbury's, but obviously, um, that would have been a cool experience as a young fella playing for Canterbury yeah. and stuff like that. You're quite proud of those days because. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Real proud. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember like playing for Canterbury as a kid, and I just thought it was such a cool thing to do, you know? It was, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. So, the kind of good memories that I have. Uh, from my days playing sport, what did what did sport teach you that, that you think and now in your business career that you've still got? Yeah, like re- real good stuff. And I think around as as if you if you train and you train hard, when it comes to your performance, it just follows through. Yeah, yeah. And and do yeah. And when you do the work, you get the results. Yeah, that is like absolute. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you got to do the work first, right? So, have you taken that into the business environment? Yeah. Like, yep. So, give me some examples of what you what have you done? So, I think. You know, and I definitely had a shift about two years ago where I do a lot of audiobooks at night, yeah. and I'd actually do them at the gym. Okay. And so instead of having music on at the gym, I'll have an audiobook where, yeah, yeah and I might go through about one or one and a half a week. Oh, wow. And um, and that's what I think is that's my training as much as well. I'm training yeah, yeah. the physical side or training the nice. mental side for my week or what yeah. I'm trying to achieve or... That's cool. What are your what are your kind of go to books that you're at, got it on the moment? Um, I think a lot of it is around the evolution of business or um, different ways you can manage personnel. That's yep. probably my core day to day. Nice is is the or the environment that I'm creating yep. at yep. work. Nice. Yep. What are some of the takeaways that you've got, got there at the moment? So some of the takeaways would be having an environment where anyone can be challenged. Okay. Like there's no hierarchy. Nice. Like I'm a fan of that. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing, but then also the other side is is that you know performance is at the he- you know tip of the arrow. So it's like we we have to perform for a business to continue growing. Yep. Yeah. 
and to continue to all have jobs. Yeah, and how do you? How's your team buying into that? Like, what's your? Um, no one really leaves. Yeah, that's cool. It's probably a good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And do you have? Are you having conversations about it too? Like in their working workplace environment? How do you set that up? Because I think it's a, it's an interesting uh, topic for business owners to you know that whole getting the team and everyone to buy into the to the business owners thinking and, and w- what do you do to drive that? So I would portray that message with a uh, Thursday morning meeting with like yep. all hands, the whole crew, okay. uh, including the Auckland staff yep. as well. And then, um, yeah, probably specifically, I suppose my style is probably working alongside and in there so someone can see me doing it. Yeah. That's probably. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So you learn and then implement and show people. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So that's cool. So you, you actually doing the training, you're, you're working on yourself. And I think that's a, as a business owner, that's a real key key step right like doing that like i always say work harder on yourself than you're doing your job right and that's i got that from jim Rohn. you know like you know doing that work while no one's watching yeah you know yeah and it's a it's because business owner but like businesses can or business owners this can be quite a lonely environment yeah you know so so you know like you, you kind of an audio book is someone that actually they're coaching you at the end of the day aren't they yeah which is real cool yeah yeah, nice. So let's let's look. Okay, so you've 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 played your footy. Um, what did you do next? You got into to selling cars. Yeah. So the I, I wanted to go down that pathway. I actually had a friend at the time, a family friend who worked for Rick Armstrong's. Oh, yeah. They they didn't actually necessarily have something on that day, so I went to a different um, dealership and I just washed cars. So yep. that's where I started. Yeah. And I was happy to start. Yeah. Where I started. Yeah. So so did you get into the industry because you wanted to? Like, do you like cars? Like, yeah. No, I just don't even particularly like yeah. cars. I, I, so what did you get in the industry then? I got in first because I, I could see that I wanted to get paid how I worked, and that would purely come down to commission. I wanted cool. to go into commission. Wow. And I knew that my, my perception at the time was I'm maybe too young for real estate because yeah. I don't have a house, Yeah. but I had a car. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm already there, so that's yeah. why I went into the car industry. Nice. Yeah. So, and you basically thought to yourself, "Hey, I want to, I want to get paid what I'm worth. If I put the effort in, I'm going to get the effort out." Hundred like, percent. Yeah, that's cool. That's a different yeah. way of thinking, right? Because a lot of people probably just, you know, go to a job, collect the money, and that's it. But definitely in sales, like you get that, you put in a bit of extra, you get extra yeah. out, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, so you washing cars day one. That's yeah. not really going to plan, though, is it? <laughs> well, I knew it was a pathway. I yeah. had to do that first. Uh, Yep. get in front of the right people that yep. could give me an opportunity. And were you, were you, did you ID like Rick Armstrong as a place that you really wanted to work? Was that – because they, he, him, Paul Kelly, those guys back in the day, they really owned that market share, didn't they? They, 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 totally. they owned the mind share first, which grew that market share. Yep, 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was fortunate enough actually to work at both of those places. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. So, Rick, Rick I was there for quite a while. I I, I, I groomed there. And then um, and then after about a year, I started selling. I would do Saturday-Sunday selling. Cool. So, we were tight. Yeah, yeah, nice. And then Monday morning, go back to my overalls and overalls. wash cars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How good was that, though? Like, how was that transition? Like, your whole, you know, like, because – I guess when you put your tie in, you kind of got a different uniform on, right? So yeah. you got a different attitude. Like, is yeah. it? And and would, could you? Did you get that feeling? You just wanted to make one of them really work. Like you wanted to be in that sales environment, right? Like was yeah. that you just? Yeah. At the start, they didn't want me to. Yeah. So what I was said, that? Were you so good at cleaning cars? I was very good. <laughs> I'm still really good. No, I think um, I was probably too crazy. Probably too yeah. young and just yeah. you know. Yeah. 
shot my mouth off. And yeah, so they just didn't need, they wanted some, how old were you back then? Like, 18. 18, okay. Yeah. So still, still fairly young, right, when it comes to, yeah, so they probably put you out there, clean the cars, grow you a little bit, ma- yep. mature, mature. But it's cool that they gave you an opportunity to work on a Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Like, and how was that? Like, what did you? Uh, I just loved it because yeah. it was, that was, that was where I was trying to go. Yeah. So that was my goal. So that's, so I just put everything into it. Do so, you, do you remember the first car you sold? Yeah, yeah. that was to a lady in um, Littleton. Yeah, and it was a Z3, a convertible. Oh, BMW. nice. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was classic, and um, and it was freezing cold. And I went for a demo with her. We took we took the roof, <laughs> the roof off, off, and my ears <laughs> were so cold. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and she brought it, and it was Brilliant. awesome. Yeah. And and so was it finance back in the day, or they were they cash buyers? Um, so that makeup and the Rick Armstrong style at the moment is still such that you you complete a sale and then you pass it over to a business manager. Oh, who okay. Completes the process oh, around nice. the paperwork and so you get them over the line and then. They so to be honest, I can't even remember. Wow, that's a pretty cool process though. Yeah, different conversations. You're just talking about hey, the car and her needs and all that sort of stuff and what she wants to do. Yeah, and then like, do you talk price at all? Like, is there? A- yep. So. Talk price, confirm, confirm on a write-up sheet or a sale, yeah. you know, a, a guide on the sale, Brilliant. sign it, and then take them through, introduce to the business manager, and yeah. then you can stand back. Yeah. Were they a good car? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Probably still got it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. One yeah. careful lady driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we, was that your Saturday and Sunday job? Or you, you obviously sold a car there. Like, you would have been pretty stoked about that, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, well, the first, and, the, and the thing was, it was like, hey, well, I'll just for free for I, I don't know what I said I would have said a long time just yeah. to get in front of them and get into that and then I could get out of grooming mm. that was my aim so you didn't get any commission like no but that was the deal I made oh wow but okay. I so, so you actually went for free that, that's pretty cool yeah totally yeah yeah so well, was, I felt that that was a quicker way to get in yeah and it would have shown hey this kid has got what he's got because a lot of kids Back then, you know, there wouldn't be too many kids going, hey, I'll work for free and I'll turn up on a Saturday and Sunday when you're 18. Yep. Those kids are probably boozing it up and, yep. you know, like yep. doing what they're doing, right? Yeah. Um, so I would have said to the business owner, hey, this kid's serious. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, I always I was talking to a young girl the other day, you know, going, she wanted to get into the industry. I said, look, go and find some some clients and do some stuff for free for them. Yeah. And I've said it to a few people before and they go, well, why do I do that? And this girl got it, and she actually sent me some pretty cool stuff that she'd yeah. done. And I was like, you know what? You that, you go to the top of the queue. Totally. Like, when I pull the yeah. trigger next, you're at the top of the queue. There's yeah. someone who's like, oh, why would I bother doing that, you know? It's just a different attitude, and I think that's probably some of the things that are even missing in today's society. You yeah, know? When totally. Because also it showed that you were prepared to back yourself as well. Yeah. You know? Because if you weren't, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't waste your time doing that for free, right? Like, yeah. Just yeah. And it's the having that desire. Cool. So how long did you? How long were you doing that before you really got into the swing of things full time? Uh, it was pretty quick. It might have been maybe about six weeks or two months. And cool. then after those Saturday Sundays, then I rolled into full time, and yeah. they called it a sales cadet. Yeah. At um at Rick Armstrong. Were, like, were you consistently making sales by then? Like were you were you starting yeah. to? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It helped that it, you know there's a lot of structures in place at a at a at a organisation like that. That yeah. you know it is if you work hard, you'll excel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want you to succeed, totally. right? Yeah, that's what I loved about selling. I remember my first real sales job was at Bond and Bond, and I just I loved it. I loved the fact that you could just get in there and you could yeah you make your own money. You yeah, know? 
like in and it was real like people had a desire to buy stuff yeah so it's not like they walked in and sh- shop and like oh not just here to look around yeah you know but generally most people are there to buy something you know? yeah and you could really you know partake in that eh? yeah ask some cool questions and see what they're up to and next minute yeah this we're doing a deal it's pretty it's a pretty cool yeah. there's not many like it's it's quite a from a personal development perspective too, it's you really use get to learn good communication styles too, right? Yeah, and and good training as well. Like yeah, that's what I liked about you know those industries too. Really good training. Yeah, and there they had like what is a common um, you know I suppose industry comment would be a double close, and it would be yeah. like two people, and it wouldn't be so much to put pressure on. It would just be to create the environment where you got to see it in action. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And so that was what a lot of mine was. I would have someone come back from a test drive. I would go and get a manager, and then we would both sit down, and then I could see firsthand at the process yeah, of yeah. negotiation, presentation, asking for the sale. Cool. Yeah. What's the number one thing you learned when you've been a sales cadet? Ask. Ask. Ask if they want to buy. Ask if they want to buy. Yeah. If you don't ask, you don't know. Yeah. yeah. And it's a ironically <laughs> good. There's so many people that don't. Crazy. It's a little simple thing, right? Small hinges swing big doors. That's a small hinge, but it swings a big door. Yeah. And yeah. so many business owners just don't ask. Yeah. Don't ask for the sale. Yeah. Cool. And and obviously, you know, the more you ask, the more. Did you think, should you treat it as a numbers game or did you be a bit more strategic than that? Where you're like, okay, did you get, you know, like, obviously you're trying to hit your numbers. Uh, I mean, you just, but was it for you, was it more of a relationship sell or were you just trying to knock, knock them over? Like, what was your? Um, it was definitely both. So I would want to grow a relationship because that's how I got referrals. Yep. And then they would come back to me and they wouldn't be dicing it up between yep. other people. Yep. But definitely once I got a foothold in the environment, I was then absolutely trying to be number yeah, one. Number totally. one. Yeah. And as far as um, like sales cadet, how long did you have to stay in that, in that role? So I was there for a couple of years, and then um, and then I actually had a phone call from Paul Kelly. Yep. And um, yeah, and then that day I went and saw him, and he was looking for more people at his nine nine ninety yard. Oh yeah, the mothership. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so and we literally, I went down to his workshop, and we agreed, and I shook his hand, and I went back to. Where I was yep. and handed on my notice. Yeah, and how were they about that? Um, I think they were fine. It's like yeah. you know, yeah. There's no, there was no hard feelings no. or it was no. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, interesting that whole nine ninety concept. Was that right at the start of the nine ninety concept? Yeah, it was. It would have been pretty early. So that now I would have yeah, twenty eighteen years ago. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, Murray yeah. Hale saw on the podcast. He was one of the guys behind yeah. that whole concept, right? Yeah, with, with Paul Kelly, and yeah, he said on the first day, I think they sold a hundred, or the first weekend, a hundred and five cars, and it was a dollar down, and they put the dollars in the jug and took them to the bar. Like yeah. they had a, they had a hundred and five one dollar <laughs> coins. Cool, is it? How good? Yeah. But that was a that was a really cool concept, right? Like, yeah. Apparently, the dollar down was because you needed it for for buying or something, for, and it helped with the finance. But then, yeah, the nine nine ninety was perfect. Yeah. So, so you would have got a huge amount of experience, like because the walk in traffic that those guys were getting back in the day, like you was how many cars were you? Were yeah, you it was selling? crazy. Yeah, I I went through that process, and then um and then for actual while for a couple of years, it was just me and another guy, um Jason, and we, we were sort of we would have been. Um, out of that yard, we probably were averaging around to like 40, 45 each a month. Wow. Yeah, and it was That's just awesome. us two. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And then we had a couple of groomers and, yeah. 
Yeah. But the environment was set by that organisation. It was, you know, the car would turn up beautifully prepared, groomed, you know, stickered with the 990s on it. We would just have to talk to the customers, get them over the line, and then you would send through a job card to the workshop. Like it was was Swiss watch all the way through. Great process. Nice. You can definitely, like I've bought a couple of cars now from from these guys, and their customer service would be up there with, with most uh, industries, franchise, yeah, yeah, like they are, they are certainly uh, a good operation right, across the board, right? Yeah, yeah. You could tell they were systemised to some degree. They had the, you know, but but then the care that they had from that customer service perspective, because yeah. it's not so much when things are good; it's when things aren't good that you notice where the real customer service is. And had a couple of examples where you know, Paul Kelly really stood out um, yeah. over the years. That's cool. So, so still selling selling cars, forty five um, going along. Have you starting to get ambitions of owning your own business? Where where you're at this stage? Yeah. So then I was there maybe yeah, so three or four years again, and then at that stage, um, actually, an opportunity come up um, at down at Yorma with Angus. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And so um, yeah, and, and and I went there. Um, I think what the attraction was there, and it probably linked back to the Rick Rick Armstrong style as well as. When you have, when you're doing a distributor brand and new yep. product, you get there's a whole other realm of training yep. that the actual distributor or the car brand will provide. Okay, cool. And so, um, as much as I said about cars, I do like the Italian cars. Yeah. And so, you know, with Euromark having that product, yep. Alpha, etc., it was yep. definitely an attraction. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like obviously the training and stuff. But what were you, you know, you work that if you look at, you know. Rick Armstrong, Paul Kelly, and Angus—like three titans of the industry. Yeah. What did you learn about their marketing? What did you see as, as a young person? What were you seeing, uh, or what were you learning in that environment? From or what do you? What, if you look at your business now, are there any things you go, "Hey, you know, do that because that's what I learned with these guys." Like, is there anything? Yeah, and there's bits from all of them. Mm. So I've been thinking about this, and it's like you know, I think from. Um, like if I go Paul Kelly first, be that the the process and the sale and things that make things easier for your staff, but also yep. make things easier for the customer. Yep, really important, and that's what makes you. Um, that's what gives you scale or yep. opportunity to do a lot of transactions. Yes, yep. Um, that, that process in the sale, hundred percent. Yep. So what do you mean? Like, take, give me some uh, like an example of that. So the example would be what is the customer experience and how can we make things easier by yep. maybe garnishing information that we need that is easy for the client to give off okay. rather than asking for it later, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but also in that process of car preparation and obviously delivery, it was really, really well done. So same again, it's like what's the experience for the customer? It's like this is going to be Ready Tuesday. The great yep. news is we're going to do this, this, and this, and no problem. And then you actually 100% deliver it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's systemized, you know exactly yeah, yeah. process and, and the business is set up in a way that it can deliver that, and yeah. you've got confidence that you can yeah. tell the client yeah. where they're going to be at. And it doesn't matter if Jimmy picks it up, Johnny picks it up, or Meg picks it up. It's that's that's going to be done, right? The system, the system, system, yep. the system. Yeah. Cool. So that's that's obviously from Paul Kelly. The process, and yeah, not like that. What about um, Rick Armstrong? Rick was a good one, and Rick was probably. Um, you know, I think the the intensity that you bring to your job, and it's and and when you're <clears> at <throat> your workplace, what matters is your work. Yep, and that's that's um, yeah, and then also being available. You know, that was one thing that he was extremely hard on. Was it was like when a customer comes in, 
you're there, you're ready, you can deliver exactly what the client needs, the information that the client needs because you're well prepared. Yeah. Yeah. It was like it was preparation going into either a conversation or when someone came onto the dealership or Yeah. They have a great saying in in, in the restaurants, and I know this because I did my seven five one chefing, um uh mise en place, which is I probably said that badly, but it's preparation prior to service. And I never forget it, eh? Like it's the work you do beforehand yeah. that allows you to, to, to give that experience. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what he was getting into there, right? Like it's yep. that what's that work that you're doing to make sure that you one, you're prepared, but then the customer sees that, right? Yeah. Because there's nothing worse than customer service than dealing with someone you know they're fumbling around, right? Then you know they're kind of making stuff up and it's okay. It, it can be okay if that's what you want, like from your customer service experience, and if that's you want to grow that sort of business. But you're not going to compete. You know, there's a reason those guys are successful, right? Yeah. Because one, they have processes, and one, they have standards around certain stuff, right? Yeah. It's pretty pretty clear. Yeah. That's very cool. What about uh, Euromart? What did you What did you learn from those guys? Um, you know, Angus was he was unbelievable at looking you know the the environment that he created for a staff member yeah that was the um yeah and then, and then i think probably the other one was and so the environment was a good environment and it was that was my experience anyway and it was a trusting environment yep. that i could come to him with whatever i wanted to nice. so you're talking about culture there like the culture, whole culture totally. of the business what, yep. was, what was he doing there to make it a, you know, everyone feel like they you know because that's that's a big thing like if someone can come to you as as an owner yeah, you know, you're doing something right there, right? Yeah, I think it's probably just the reaction when someone comes to you and wants to talk about a specific thing, and it's not maybe jumping to something that's grabbing all the information and then actually helping someone make a call. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So empowering them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Listening first and then empowering them. Yeah. That's very cool. And and like, you know, it's interesting. You know, like if you look at your business now. Um, and we'll get into 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 more of this and and what you're creating. But you've definitely, I can tell from just you know talking to you over the over the years that you've definitely brought a lot of this sort of stuff together into the team that you've created, right? Yeah, you know, um, which is which is awesome. So, how did you get into the finance game? Like, what's yeah? So when I was with Angus, um, obviously we had a lot of the brands at that stage, mm-hmm. um, still on the same sort of sites he's on now, and then yep. also Eurofinance. Yep. So he actually had a broker oh, on the right. side. Yep. And I was involved with sort of overseeing some of that. You know, and so when you look at your, you didn't go to you went to school to eat your lunch, played footy. Uh, were you good at maths? No, we played darts. Yeah, because I, because I was in this class. Well, you thing. had to count. <laughs> yeah, classic. So um, no, there was a lot of first fifteen guys, and yep. then a, and then a couple of other sort of people, stragglers, and we and we played darts. Yeah. So so, how do you go then from like selling cars to then getting in the finance side of things? Because it's kind of a different space, right? Because you know you're not yeah. talking to the customer that much anymore are you? Or, you or um yeah i think it's you know it's all encompassing with those with those ones it's like mm. you know understanding the process um making commitments to the client seeing it through but also garnishing the information that you need and trying to make sure it's you you only get what you need and mm. nothing more or nothing less yep. and acting upon it so so okay yeah so you you now in the euro finance department and hitting yep. that up or what do you yep. yeah yeah at that time yeah i was doing euro finance and the brand so alpha fiat citroen yep. at the time and when did you see the opportunity to pull the trigger to own your own business um i didn't actually go looking i i what came about was i i had a relationship with um 
um, with another guy up in Auckland, Sam. Yep. And he at the time was um, was pushing into um, Google AdWords. Yep. And at this time, there was very little competition. Yeah. So he could spend $50, $100 a month, like a month, yeah. and be head of page. Yeah. And so he wanted someone to actually close those deals out. He, he was extremely good at getting the applications, but he needed someone to close it out with yep. finance facilities. Yep. And that's how – so then we formed a relationship, and I did it under Eurofinance. Brilliant. And uh, and we continued on talking, and um, yeah – and what where it actually got to was we had an opportunity of getting in front of AA Automobile Association, okay. which is a solid brand here in New Zealand. Like that's yeah. the you anyone walk down the street, you pretty much know AA, right? Like yeah, yeah. The 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 power and um yeah and that re- reputation of that brand is yeah unreal. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, we we got it. We had an ability to understand what they were doing in terms of how many applications they were getting signed. Obviously, they have a subsidiary AA Finance. Yep, doing car loans. Cars, boats, caravans, and um, yeah, and we we actually went back and presented them and said, "Hey, if we took this over for you, this is what we could yeah, do yeah. for you." Prima, and uh, and the, and then the conversation just went from there. And yeah, who were they using at the time? So at the time, they were actually um, using a bank here in New Zealand, and they were passing through the leads, and that bank was ringing the client as AA Finance. Oh wow! Yeah, so you became the person in between. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, the processing hub. Yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah. Nice. So you were called, what do you call yourselves? You that was when you were one partner? We were one partner, but one partner was purely just the bank account and who played the employees, yep. but we were AA Finance. AA Finance. Yep. So as far as the client was concerned or the customer, yep. AA Finance. So you would have like obviously leveraged a really nice um, brand in the marketplace. Yeah. You know? Um, but at the same time, you would have had to build your own systems and that. So that's where you bought the the, the top line, getting the business in, and yep. then you created the processes and systems to yeah, nice yeah. So, so was it you and Sam? So you definitely yeah, yeah. Sam's um that was yeah we're fifty fifty and we've been business partners since so it's been nine years now nine years how good yeah and so so that's just coming if we look at nine years that's after earthquakes uh here in Christchurch so were you were you nationwide. Like, yeah, AA Finance is nationwide, yeah, but the the, the call centre was here um, yep. in Christchurch. I live in Christchurch and then Sam's in Auckland, um, yeah. How good. And how many staff do you have now? So now, there's a long story. So now, <laughs> now we, ha- yeah, we have about 30 now. Wow. Yep. All, all in Christchurch, all over the place? or uh, So about 24 in um, Christchurch yep. and then the rest in Auckland. Oh, wow. Yep. And the, the like, are you still with the AA? Like, they're still you're running that sort of. You're expanded. I know you've got a couple of other things on the go that we'll talk about as well. But like, um, has it been constant expansion, or where's the? Um, no, we we wanted to push more into into the car dealer business. Yep. And what that looks like is, you know, you sit in behind a car dealer, um, create that business manager environment for the dealer, and help them through the process. Yep. And, so um, doing like you what you were doing at. Um, Exactly. You're a mart. You're yep. now that kind of that finance. That's smart, right? Because yeah. a lot of those guys probably wouldn't have that capability. Yeah, um, and you and you get some real efficiencies where you know if one person gets five deals off different dealers, they are that business manager for that dealer and for so dealer, on. And yeah. yeah, and then it just funnels in, and those efficiencies just start to pay dividends. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. exponentially, right? Yeah, and you can scale that. Yeah, yeah, because and the, your uh, bottleneck's not really the. Well, there's maybe a couple of bottlenecks around the money, but but really, like once you can get a dealer on, 
Yeah. You know, you can actually churn that, keep that going, keep that going, bring another one, I'll keep that going, keep that going. Same systems. Yep. Nice. How'd you come up with that idea? Uh, I th- it was just a natural evolution, really. Yeah. And I think probably from my side, being so familiar with the dealership process, yeah. that was really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, like, what do you think makes it like a, well, what makes a successful business in that space? You know, like, if you look at your car dealers, um, if they didn't have the finance, would they be successful? Like, how, like, if you see the, like, or, or if you looked a partner, you know, probably a better question. When you look to partner with a car deal, what do you look for? And 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 because you don't want to hitch your wagon just to anyone, right? Like you're looking for specific people that you want to deal do business with. Yeah, well, sometimes I think from when you first look at a dealership, and it might be a one man band or whatever, you know, that suits us yep. because you know we can actually add some like some massive, um, you know, a massive upside to that process. True. And, and then the car dealer has, you know, twenty three financial advisors he can fall back on in our call centre. Mm. So. Yes. You know, and then through to a dealership that maybe is selling new cars and has business managers, but maybe either with their overflow. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. I think we we do try to set up and create um, solutions for all car dealers. Yeah. But yeah. That's actually quite smart, isn't it? Like it's um, because you can deal with those, yeah, the one man band, but also you've got the. Yep. You've got the skills there to, to, to help. And, and really, like the value that it helps that one man band as well is quite huge, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. So you could put that into other areas now, though, right? You don't actually just need to stay with car dealers. You need, um, there's a whole yeah, so we do a lot of caravan, yeah. uh, boat dealers, yeah. jet ski guys, yeah, motorbikes. Nice. Yeah. And and so if you look at, say, your competitors, what are they doing? Like, Are they doing the same model or are they mainly just – Yeah, I, I think um, – you know, we ha- we do have critical mass, like we do yeah. have size, and yeah. you know, and it's a you know, it's a, it's effectively like a freight train. Like we we do finance a lot, so I think we have you know, probably you know, from a competitive basis, it's maybe if someone goes to the bank directly, or maybe yep. actually just uses the business manager at a yard. Yeah, that would you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, um, that, that whole the whole finance game is definitely as interesting. I just had to talking to. Um, he was the chairman or the president of the New Zealand Mortgage Brokers Association, right? And we were just talking about how the finance game changed, right? The whole, you know, and where where um, it was already owned, it was owned by the banks, right? And for yeah. a lot of people, they couldn't get the right information, or the banks would just shut them down. Uh, now, obviously, with with um, you know brokers coming in and actually asking better questions, yeah, um, so they actually deliver better results. You know, where people probably couldn't get um, uh, approvals before. Yeah, yeah, totally. As under, and that's the best thing about our side is understanding the questions that need to be asked to get the answer. Mm, yeah, totally. And have you learned that over time? Like, have you just yeah, yeah, yeah? And I think naturally that gets refined daily as well because the movement of the financial landscape in terms of triple CFA movement, um, yeah. which is the criteria that we would fit under yeah. when understanding affordability or mm. so on, that always moves. So, you know, we need to be fluid as well yeah. and move with it. It was interesting. Um, he made a comment. Well, the, he was actually on a select committee and uh, one side of the table was the obviously the, the mortgage industry and then the other side is the government. And they he just said he just remembers the one of the people just leaning over the table and said, hey, we're not here to make your industry profitable. And, uh, you know, like so they were coming 
protecting the consumer, right? And obviously, yeah. you've obviously gone through that at, in the last probably year and a half with how the they've changed some of the rules in financing, you know? Like, how's that affected your industry and, and, and to some degree your stress levels? Like, it's because it's a, it's a moving beast, right? Yeah, I think because, um, you know, that probably falls back to Sam's side of the business. Okay. So I deal with the um, with the crew in terms of like getting things done, but yep. in terms of our technology play and um, and the and how we get the answers we need, that go that's what Sam's yep. really good at. Good at, yep. And um, you know, and there's certain steps and processes that we go through of getting different information that we knew would satisfy Triple CFA. Yep. So we were able to move quite quickly. So to be honest, it was actually great for our business. Yeah, yeah, because you've got the. But we moved with it quickly, and then we had some serious wins. Yeah. And, you know. He was actually saying the same thing, like a third bought into it, a third sat on the sidelines, and a third said, no, we're packing up and going home. Yeah. And he said the third that got on with it have really got on with it and made some some money. So obviously your role is looking after the the team. Um, What are you doing on a daily to do that? Like what's your... So I turn up to work at the same time every yep. day. Yep. That's my, like, yep. I'm very routine-based. Yep. What time are you there? 10 to 8. 10 so to 8? 7.50. Nice. Yeah. And what, when does everyone else start? Uh, are yeah. You, are you like, first man in the door? No, so, oh, sometimes I am, but sometimes yep. there's, yeah, we we do have a, it's a hard-working crew. Yeah. So, yeah, so, sometimes there's um, three or four or five yep. before me or. And when do the phones start ringing? Because that's what you're in. You're in that, like, yeah. the emails start coming through, the phone starts. The emails are all night. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the phones are really sort of 8.30. Yeah. yeah. That's when they click on and everyone's at their seat ready to go. Ready to go. Yeah. And, and like, so the day, your day, 7.50 get there, what are you What are you looking for during the day? Are you there? Are you helping people? Are you firefighting deals? Uh, what, what's your What's your day? Like? Yeah. So, um yeah, it, it is pretty much. It, it's I think getting alongside those deals that would otherwise be a negotiation piece. Maybe yep. there's an asset that maybe a lender's not happy with, and we okay. need to overcome that. Yep, or create a different opportunity for the lender to be happy with. Cool. Um, or it could be, um, you know, how we're going to garnish this other information off a client, yep. or you know, in different ways we could ask them. And I would work with each individual during that period. Nice. So, yep. so getting clarity on the deals. Yeah. You know? Yep. yep. What, what stops most deals like these days? Like what's um, not getting the information quickly off yep. a client. Yeah. It, it's not. It's not really sort of us. It, yep. it would more be, um, you know, busy lives. Yeah. Or someone maybe shopping around. Yep. And then it becomes the the you know Johnny on the spot. Who's the first to ring them? Yep. If you're in a competitive environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is it still a competitive environment? Like even though like it's like. People say recessions, that sort of stuff. Are, like, are people stopping doing stuff, or are people like still? No, it's still going. And yeah, it's yeah. still competitive. Yeah. Definitely, it's crazy. Yeah, like pe- mm-hmm. deals are still getting done. Yeah, I think you know, like, inter- recessions kind of interesting. I don't know how much you look at recessions, but recessions affects people that lose their jobs, right? Inflation affects everyone because prices and all that go up. But but it, recession generally doesn't affect too many people. Um, and obviously, if people are still spending and willing to buy and invest, especially in that like car space and, and caravans and boats and stuff, that's yeah. you know they're they're not always just um, need purchases, are they? You know? Yeah, yeah. Some of them are wanting. Uh, wanting. Yeah. Know? Yeah, it's interesting. What do you, do you do? Do you like obviously to, to generate leads? What are you doing? You, you're mainly in the digital space. Yeah, so we um, run quite a heavy, you know, from a Google proposition, yep. you know, paid ads. Yep. And then we kind of have three different areas, and then the exit, that's that's you know sort of one silo. The other silo is our dealer introduced business. Yep. 
where we partner with the dealership. Yep, and so they're going at the dealers that you're talking about. Yep. Yep. And it could come straight from the dealership's website, or just obviously they log into a portal. The deals come through in our in our lead flow. Nice. Uh, or then thirdly, um, the advisor network, so mortgage advisors. Okay. So what do they do there? Like they obviously that'd be the same. So actually direct off their own website. Okay. Or um or obviously a push through from um yep. from them just into our system. And how have you grown that? Just is that relationship type stuff that you've done over the years or Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Effectively like we are partnered with um with a couple of aggregators. Yep. Here in New Zealand. Nice. Yep. And I've seen a couple of things you put out on Facebook, not Facebook, um LinkedIn, where you've actually you're working in the dealerships. What, what's what's that all about? Is that part of the make building that dealer network? Is that I, no? It's I, I think probably more so that stuff that I did on dealership was actually more for me. I just mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that I was what I was presenting to a dealer and how I was talking to a dealer was still valid. Okay. Yep. So get in there. Totally. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Just um, talking about that and what you learn from going and sitting and, and talking to people, you know? Yeah. You know, there's a lot to learn there. So that's that's pretty cool that you've done that. Um, and, and Google Ads running, look, that's, you know, there's business there, right? Yeah. It's crazy. It's an expensive platform now to advertise, though. Like, it's definitely, yep. um, you know, it's a media that is very, very competitive. Uh, anyone can be there as long as you've got enough, enough yeah. money. Um, but... But at the same time, the ability that you can leverage is is pretty key. Um, any other digital that you do? Do any other in the digital uh, space? L- lightly um, social. Yep. 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 Because you don't you don't really you're not like your brand one partner's not out there. No, it's better better finance. Yeah, better finance. Yep. That's our that's our. So are you marketing then. the better finance? Is that you? Is yes. That, yep, you go to the market with the better yep. finance. Yep. How'd you come up with that? Now? Um, I think one partner probably, you know, there was sort of a feeling that it didn't resonate. This is when we split off from AA. Yep. So um, we split off from AA and we've been away from AA for probably sort of a little over four years now. Yep. And, um, yeah, and, and we wanted a brand that was in market, in play, and that was yep. our hero brand. Yeah, nice. Mm. I like it too, better finance. Yeah. It's nice. This tells a wee bit of a story too, right? Yeah, and and like so to grow that to grow that brand, um, you're really looking at growing it with the the people that have access to the customers there, aren't you? You know, like yeah, and then our own database. You yeah. know, our database of yeah. settled clients is yeah. you know forty thousand people now. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, how many? How often do people buy car? So you know, typically someone would, if they, well, from a finance aspect, if someone finances a car today, you know, typical is that after sort of 21, 22 months, they're on the hunt again. Okay. Yep. Yep. Is that because they just they want to get something new, like they just totally. want to upgrade? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what's the going rate for finance? Uh, it, obviously, it's very. If you asked me this last year, it'd be yep. quite a different story. Yeah, At yeah. the moment, it's sort of eleven, twelve. Yeah. One thing I think um, people, a lot of people, don't understand about finance rates is it depends on your credit rating too. Like yep. what what you what you get, right? So, that, I think that's a really like it's a misunderstood yeah thing in your yeah. Like, If you clean up your finance rate, it ch- it changes dramatically. Yeah. yeah. So specifically, and that's what a lot a lot of our, our biggest success of um of marketing to our database is actually around educational. Yeah. And I think the education of a credit score and how it works yeah. and how you view it and that is, is yeah. vital. Yeah. And it's actually quite hard sometimes to get that information. Yeah. Or where to. And also what affects your credit score, right? Yeah. Like it's it's crazy what can it affect the credit score. I know one of the team here, um, they had a mark on their credit score because they we actually had to do something for one of our clients. 
And it looked like because we'd done that, she'd looked like she'd made an inquiry. But we just needed to do it. We were checking something on a website. Yeah. And all of a sudden, her credit score got got pinned. And like she was really upset about it, and yeah. then we had, we actually ended up getting it taken off. But it was it was I didn't. And that's when you started learning about that whole process around around education. So what what do you do to educate your your database? What's the so oh purely just around you know we we did a lot of emails around how this is what a dummy um it's called a CCR a comprehensive credit yep. report actually looks cool and the data that's on it and how it's read from a bank or a lender oh wow. Yeah, that's awesome information. Yeah, and that and that was by far uh, uh, an email that created like from an open rate was you know very different to other emails that we would have yeah. seen. Yeah, I um one of our core values here is influence through education or influence through yes. e- through insights. Massive believer in giving people information or insights that can actually help them. That's a massive one. Um, you could keep that on repeat, right? That email and and yep. and could. You could put it in other formats um, to actually educate people because there's so much, there's so much, um, I guess, grey area when it comes to that. No one really understands it, you know. Yeah. So that's that's awesome. It's great to hear that um, you know people. Well, it's kind of like you know, if you went around a room here and asked everyone what their credit score was, most people wouldn't know. That's right. right. They wouldn't know. And it's out. Of, is it? It's out of. A, is it out of a thousand? Yeah. Yeah. And um, most people wouldn't know. So if you, if someone was wanting to find out how their credit score, do they go to places like you? Well, how do you find out about it? Yeah, places like us or actually, you know, and, and on those emails, we actually direct off-brand as well, not even to it because we yeah. just want to grow the education because it yeah. actually helps the whole sector. But if, but if someone wanted to find out their their um, their, their credit score, you could go to Better Finance. Is that your website, betterfinance.co.nz? That's right. What do they have to do? They put in an application or just get on your database? Yeah, get on the database or actually fire through an inquiry. Yeah. Just I'll, on there. I would fire through an inquiry just to find out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's really interesting. And handy to know. I remember back in the day um, when I used to work, when I worked for Bonner Bond, like it was PRG, Pacific Retail Finance, right? Um, and so they had Noel Emings and Bonner and Bond. And Noel Emings and Bonner and Bond and the Palms Mall were side by side. Yeah. And I met this guy called Paul Cundall. And he worked for Noel Emmons, I worked for Bon and Bon. And then we ended up going to uh, Bon and Bon and Morehouse App. And I became fast friends with him. And he, he always, he, he said to me, Scott, give me $10. I said, what do you want $10 for? And he goes, I'm going to give, I'm going to buy some chocolate fish and we're going to send it up to the ladies in the finance department in Auckland. And I was like, is that how you're doing? He goes, trust me. So I give him $10. He goes, get these chocolate fish. And he, sends it, <laughs> he sends them up. So back in the day, this was way like, way 99, 98, 99, right? So what was happening is people would get, um, uh, they would get their uh, the television license, right? It was like twenty five bucks, but people wouldn't pay it. So their credit score, because they have a TV in your house, you had to get you had to pay for a television license. It was twenty five dollars. The reason I know that is because the guy came around to our flat once, and he asked how many TVs I had, how we had, and and I went, oh four. And I was like, oh shit. So we got a bill for a hundred dollars. <laughs> and but, but but people would get and so we we would if it we'd see we'd sell like a fridge, a, a vacuum cleaner, um, you know, you name it, like TV, everything on a finance deal, and you put it through and it'll come back. Um, no, no, you can't have it. And it's like, why why can't they have it? So you'd ring up and go, Oh, Scott, is it you? Yeah, yeah, that's a TV license. Tell them they need to pay the twenty five dollars and they you know, yeah. So, but it was amazing. Like chocolate fish would get chocolate you those. Fish. They get you those yeah. answers, right? Yeah. Um. But that was it. Was crazy. What was what would hold people back, and people didn't know, right? Mm. And if you just said, "Oh, sorry, you can't get finance," 
they wouldn't they wouldn't have known why they yeah. you know their credit score. Um, I'm dating myself by saying TB license, but that that was tr- true. What was going on? Eh? Yeah. So the power of chocolate fish too. So um, okay, cool, man. This is this is interesting stuff. Like I find I find the whole um, finance game um, because because of regulations and that sort of stuff, and it's such a f- uh, a fast a fast moving. Uh, and and it's kind of encapsulates everyone's life these days, right? Yeah. You know, before what I find interesting too, you know, like before access to finance was never wasn't really a thing that everyone sort of, you know, like yeah. I mean, we we when I first started at Bon Bon, we had post dated checks, you yeah. know, that people give you three post dated checks, then they had twenty four months interest, uh, twelve months or six months interest free, then twelve months interest free, and now it's like it's part of life, right? People find yeah. stuff, right? So, so when you look at Obviously, opportunities. Now you you you've jumped into another business, which I think is fantastic. Um, you're never going to sell me one of these, but I know my listeners they 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 some of them do love their motorbikes. So you you've got in, involved in a in a in a motorbike. So tell yeah. us all about that because I think it's a fascinating story. Yeah. So um, you know that came up and it's an extension of when you talked about you know working in the yard. Yeah. And it's like and I think you know the holy grail for us is to is to absolutely know. The dealer environment and to understand the steps and processes and to provide real, yep. you know, life feedback yeah. and live feedback on the market. Yeah. And that sales process, be it a motorbike, a caravan, a jet ski, a car, they, they all have those same steps and processes. Yep. And so that was what the attraction was there. And um, and we had the ability to jump in with a current staff member for him to be the dealer principal. Cool. So it didn't take any time yeah. aspect from, say, me or Sam. Yeah, good. And yeah, and so that's the um, Casbolts. So Casbolts has the Ducati brand yeah. for the South Island and Honda Crosschurch. Yeah, nice. So have you got a motorbike? Well, well they're all down there. <laughs> <laughs> they're ready to go. Do you ride? Well, I do now. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I learned to ride a wee bit on a farm, but yeah, I don't know if I can game enough to get on the, oh, <laughs> out on the open road. But what that, what I loved about that and what I loved about the story there is, you know, like spotting opportunities. Some, you don't spot opportunities by being behind your desk. Yeah. You know? Yeah, very rarely opportunities will come across your desk, but you're, you're out there. Doing stuff, yeah, um, and and things started to happen because you know the people needed help, and you were in the right place at the right time, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and what a what a great add on to your business. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. Yeah, and, and it doesn't, you know, it's not really da- it's not it's not um, a competitor or as such. It's not going to no. get in the way of you know of what we're doing day to day. No, but it's only going to assist us. Yeah. Yeah, because you will learn stuff, right? Yeah, as well. Like it's part of the part of that whole process of learning what's going on, and you can yep. see, yeah, is it it's a big business as far as people wanting to buy motorbikes? Like, um, yeah, you, you definitely, yeah, it's a high, it's a high turnover environment. Yeah. You know, you know, there's you know over a hundred bikes retail down there. Yeah. There's a massive sort of apparel section, and then there's service and parts. Yeah, and Ducati is like obviously. You know, that's yep. one of the holy grails, you know, Italian. as far as, yeah, it's, yep. like, it's a really sought after bike. I think if I was going to buy a bike, it would be a Ducati. Yeah. Um, I just don't know if I'd, yeah, I don't know if I'd trust myself. My wife's listening to this. Don't worry, I won't we'll, buy we'll it. We'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few other things I want to buy first. <laughs> yeah. Man, this has been a fascinating chat. Like, like you know, you, you talked about audio books before and I, and I find it really interesting. Obviously, you know, um, 
people that 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 take the time to self educate themselves really really do get that exponential um, growth. You know, do you do you do you feel yourself like you know you're still a young person, but do you feel like you've really got some good experience behind you now because you've been in the workforce for a long time? Uh, and I think not only is it just it's that mental kind of IQ as well like, that you have around that business environment. Is that can you see that's really starting to help you now? Like what's the yeah. Yeah, and I definitely think in those last, you know, two years, I've been real probably dialed into that that audio piece and yeah. um, and training, like yeah. my mind or the steps or the processes that I bring to work, and that I feel yeah. like that's been a, a a big difference. Yeah, I like how you've like really flipped that switch too. Like you, it's not just an audio book. This is training. Yeah, you know, being absolutely deliberate in what you want to learn. Yeah, yeah. I find I find like at the moment I'm I'm in that phase too. Like I'm really deliberate about what I'm learning, and 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 who I'm learning from, um, and I and I really like you know, and then then just challenging yourself to do, like not just learn it, but then go and implement, you know, yeah. and being prepared to go. You know what? Should I better go on a plane and learn some from other people here? You know, and 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 really just like get involved, like immerse yourself. Is that is that that sounds like something that you've got really good at yeah 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 it's definitely been a yeah it's been an area where i felt i needed to work on and yeah. so I've, did you um, read books beforehand like were you a reader no not no. a reader yeah no. and that's the beautiful thing about audiobooks now right you don't yeah. actually have to be a reader yeah what speed do you listen at 1.1 do you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice yeah. I, what i found really really interesting um and i can't remember where i learned this from but get the book um i'll get the audiobook and if I really like the audio book, I'll buy the book. Yeah. So then I'll go back to the audio book and the book. Yeah. You know, and I'll have a pen in my hand and I just start to really look at the parts that, shit, that was good. That's 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 part that I really need to look at. And that's been really useful um, uh, for me from a, okay, what am I going to take in action point of yeah. perspective? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's – but audio books are amazing. Like I really do – I do – it's kind of – do think it's kind of like a hidden secret to some yeah. degree, you know. Um, I, I'm at the gym too. I'm not listening to, you know, if I need if I need the last twenty minutes, I'll listen to some music. But yeah. really, other than that, I'll just be in my own world. Yeah, yeah. I find it I find it fascinating. What's what are you listening to right now? What's your audio book? So right now is um, is an audio book called Profit First, and what it actually talks about is it talks about actually the way that you could run your business differently, and it would be what is the profit you're trying to achieve from your business, and you take it out first yeah. before you actually then go and Michael Michalowicz pay your other bills, etc. Yeah, might even say it on. There's there. a lot of books in there that I've been through. That, yeah. that book changed my business. Yeah, yep. And I, and I've told I've told I told everyone like I wish I'd read that book like day one. Yeah, like because because uh, like like all young business owners, I ended up owing the tax money, tax man money. Yeah, because I thought it was all my money. Yeah, totally. Um, and it's real interesting. Like I've made a simple formula of that: x percent to tax, x percent to profit, x percent to trading. Yeah, and there's more ways you can do it too. But but I've got a young lady that I coach. Um, with a digital marketing company, and we no, there's no money tran- uh, transacts. I just want I purely just want to help her, right? This is the thing I got her to set up from day one. Yeah. And and she has money in this profit account. And she has money in that tax account. And she 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 loves it. Like there's yeah. just freedom in her eyes. Because yeah. I say this this here is not your money. Yeah. And this here is your money, but you're gonna have to wait a wee bit. Yeah. But at least it's gonna be there. Yeah. You know? And it, it it's a that's a great book, eh? Like really yeah. yeah. 
it definitely it's a book I wish I'd read like, yeah a lot he's he's actually got some really other cool book uh, good books out too but so so have do you have that sort of structure or are you setting up that sort of structure no I hadn't heard it before and I, I obviously I've heard people talk about it and yeah. that sort of thing but I hadn't actually dialed in and read the book and yeah. I suppose I'm um you know especially that audio piece <laughs> is like how much I go through I feel the best thing I can do is really try to take some real good nuggets out of each time yeah. each time I hear something yeah he has yeah. a real good um uh, supplement that goes with that audio book too, like yeah. the PDF, which is kind of explains it all too. Yeah, there's a really good um, the guy called Scott Peppy who wrote the Barefoot Investor. Yeah, he's kind of got the that that version for humans, like just for not like not business yeah. owners of how you set up your um, financial accounts. Yeah, um, which is I've shared with all my team, and they they all get into it, and it's really yeah. cool to hear, you know, people who have money in the Smile account, and they're taking their kids to uh, Disneyland and all that sort of yeah. stuff, you know? It's, yeah, that's cool. It, yeah. Money, money's an interesting one in business, right? Like, if you don't control the money, the money will just, you know, controls you. Yeah, and I think it can, you, you know, especially through that COVID period, like a lot of businesses, including, you know, there was, you know, it, it, it struck us via cash flow in a way that no one ever thought would happen. No. You know, we're, we're all going along great and then you know one day we have no cash flow yeah and it was yeah and it it was a way it was actually a, another great thing that happened to me and Sam because yep. it brought up a whole lot of conversations that we otherwise didn't really need to have but we needed to have yeah you know? yeah. yeah that's so, cool so we went through that and then and then we make other plans and steps and processes and it and and now we would be in a position if we had COVID again yeah we would be in a different, a way yeah. different position. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's a cool thing to learn from, right? Like, yeah. Because because you know if you didn't learn from that, then yeah. What's the point, right? Yeah. Um. And and if you didn't have those conversations too, and I think that's the the cool part about um you know being in a partnership with someone, having those conversations, having those you know robust conversations too. You know. Yeah. Um. Okay, mate. I'm going to put you on the spot because look, they they tell us we're in recession. You've been a business owner for how long now? So business owner, yeah, nine years. Nine years, okay. So you've learned a few things. I want you to look down the lens here. I want me to talk to, what if you're a business owner um, and you need you need to do five things. I want, I want you to go to what are the five things I would do uh, to get my business really up and running or, or um, you know, kind of recession-proof from what you know now, you know, about, about business. What are five things that you would do Maybe differently, or what would you do right now? I would like to think a lot of them we're doing now. Yeah, I, I, cool. I think first of all would be um, creating a good environment for the staff. Nice. Um, and that good environment obviously expands itself out to you know yeah. how you deal with a client, how yeah. you deal with B two B, your yeah. you know your partners and, yeah. on the back of the business yeah. and and so on. So treating your treating the staff well and creating that great environment is going to have a reflection into the marketplace, right? Yeah, nice, like it. Yeah, um, as we just mentioned, I would set things up in a way that um, that gives you the freedom of maybe either either being aggressive when there's something in front of you and taking a risk. Yep. Because, you know, risks, if they're calculated, they really pay off. Okay. So talk to me a bit, a wee bit more about that. What I mean is probably, you know, when I was talking about that example of maybe like understanding the cash flow piece and, um, and pre-COVID and post-COVID yep. and those sort of things, yep. it's like, you know, when you have – um, certain things in place from a financial aspect, it yep. gives you more confidence to be like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna back ourselves here. Yeah. We're gonna do this. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Because you know the outcome, you know, like the worst case scenario, you're covered. You know? Yeah. And and then it's about, okay, well, there's upside here. Yeah. So if we don't take that, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, thirdly, I I would take advice from every single person and then implement what you think would challenge you or be be positive. Yep. And sometimes that advice can come from the most peculiar places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that's an interesting one too because I know, you know, um, the challenge part is is the key there, right? Because you yep. can you can take advice, but okay, what are you going to do with that advice? You know, you, yep. are you going to let it sit there, or uh, you know, like it's it's challenging, challenge you. Like at the end of the day, you got to take action, right? Yeah. So you got to challenge yourself because uh, some people, like especially in these times, they either they either fight and get in, get involved, or they fly or they freeze. Yeah. It's actually quite common for a lot of people to freeze, right? Yeah. And, and not do anything, and I think that's uh, you know. It, that I guess that's the the thing here is the challenge and and not do that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What about that? That you said take advice from anyone. What do you mean by that? So I think you know when you when you talk to people and you engage with different people in different processes across all different situations, and it could be in your industry or out of your industry, mm. everyone might have a comment or something to say. Yeah. And it doesn't. I think taking that on board is actually a real positive thing. Yeah. Sometimes. You know, they might have gone through an experience that is actually absolutely resonates with where you're at. Yeah, and you might not have thought that person would actually have great advice, but it yeah, could be. Could be, yeah. And I think also, like what I've learned from being in business is a lot of the good stuff actually happens from outside your industry. Yeah, you know, other people that have been through other stuff. And and one of the cool things I've one of the really cool things I I heard was, um, you know, going and and sign a non disclosure agreement and go into a business and meeting or a business environment that's opposite to your industry, um, get on the board meetings and stuff and listen to the challenges those industries are having and how they're solving them. And I thought that was really, really interesting because there's so much you would learn from putting yourself in that environment, yep. you know, where you where you just can't get yep. like, being in your industry, right? Being sitting sitting back and being, yeah. So that, that's really cool. Number four? Number four would be understand what your customer goes through. Yeah. So, you know, one thing that we dial in on a lot is we understand where a customer comes from in terms of how they might land on our site, how yep. they land on our phones, and then what their experience is. Yeah. Because if you know what the customer experience is, then obviously you understand the process, but also it gives you the ability to self-check and say, okay, we can improve something here. Yeah. Or this could be better. Nice. That's cool. And what about like talking to customers? You're big, like, obviously you guys do that on the daily. Call right? center. Yeah, yep. call center. Yeah, yep. so you're learning stuff all the whole time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and every single phone call dropped into a call recording piece, and obviously that gives me the ability to go back through, yep. obviously understand some different conversation points that are happening, and then maybe say, hey, maybe what about this? What about yeah, if yeah. we said this here? Or yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, they're getting it to the point where AI will be able to do all of that. Yeah, and have those conversations too, but that's another conversation. Um, number five, these have been good, by the way. They're really, really on the money. Yeah, no, number f- number five, I think. Um, I had something in my head eh, just before, and I've just um, well, you've got creating, you've got creating stuff environment. So I think that's that's on point, right? And calculated risk, you know, I think is that that, that is a, like in this time. There's exponential gains to be made by taking that that risk right now. I reckon, yeah. Like, there's like because people are going to sit there and go, eh, "Not sure." 
Not yep. sure. Not sure. Not sure I back myself. Not sure. I, I think there's too much election on. Let's not do that. You know, there's too many. So, so that that is that is a great piece of advice. I, I do like taking advice, and I think I think getting it from more people. That's something I probably need to need to need to be doing a bit more. Um, and then understanding the customer experience or the UX, they're pretty solid. Solid four. You know? Yeah, I think the one the one that I've got out of a lot recently and number five, which I've been trying to dial into specifically, say the last year, is is really understanding all the information before I make a call. Okay, and that's one piece that I've probably tried to work on a lot. Yep. I, and when you say information, are you looking at data? Are you looking at facts and figures? Are you looking at? I think when someone says, hey, "I've got this issue. We have a car here," or you know, or X, or this is the issue with the customer, and then straight away, instead of saying, "Okay, this is the solution," it's like, "Actually, let's dial in and let's understand the whole process and what happened." Nice, yeah. Um, because a lot of it, especially from either staff training or making calls or reacting yep. and actually blowing your own blood pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one thing that I was good at. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But, and so <laughs> I think that's one thing that um from an educational side yeah. I dialed into that a lot and it's and it's and it's getting all the data and understanding everything before you actually make a call and actually yeah. react. Yeah. And and um that that definitely comes from experience, right? Because you've obviously got to a point where you mm, maybe this is not working as easy as it should be, right? Totally. And, and like going, hang on, what if I just take a step back? There's a really interesting, I listened to Gilbert Anoka, uh, I was lucky enough to go and see him at Harcourts, and he was talking about, he was talking about this triangle, right, and he talked about, it was a high performance triangle, so you had, um, you had basically your mindset here, um, you had skill set, and you had structure, and it was really interesting, like he taught the All Blacks around, and you know, most of them have a really good mindset, right, so, you know, okay, that, that that's fine, if you've got high performance, you're going to have good mindset, then you've got your skill set, right, so your ability to pass the ball, kick the ball, that's great, but under pressure, where, what, where things go wrong is structure, so he was actually talking, he gave a good example of, of a halfback, um, and they taught them structures around, he would blow up at the referee, uh, so and he was always getting told off for blowing up the referee and a couple of times getting the yellow card. Maybe the Chiefs could have used this on, on the weekend. Um, but he said, so what he gave him was the structure. He said, hey, when something like this happens, well, what I want you to do is I want you to take three steps. I want you to look around at your teammates and breathe in and out, in and out, and then come back and see if you think the same situations happened. And also at the same time, you're looking at teammates. What did you see? What did you see? What did you see? And it's really cool because you can have the skill set, you can have the mindset, but if you don't have the structure under pressure, you default to, you know, just yeah. going in, which is what you were doing, right? You were going in, not saying you're under pressure, but you were like some of those environments create those pressure situations, yep. right? So, so you get all like, get, you know, versus now what you're doing is you're stepping back, going, you know what? Let's just assess the situation. Let's get some more information, and 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 that's really cool, right? That's a that's a it's a great takeaway from mm. from your own understanding of, of how you're performing in the world, right? Um, and it's funny, I, I listened and I, I heard this um, halfback speak on Friday night, and he talked about this, but he didn't know that I, that I knew this. And it was really interesting to hear how how it helped him. Yeah. You know? So so that's very cool, man. I man, I really appreciate you sharing that. There's a lot of really good good information in here so man this has been a great conversation and it's been like an hour so we, we better wrap this up because i know you're a busy man um i really appreciate you you taking the time i think uh, there'll be viewers here wanting to get well there'll probably be viewers here wanting finance because like all our guys are business people so how do people get hold of you 
Uh, probably like LinkedIn's a great. Like, yep. like I use that a lot. Yep, nice. Yeah. So um, the, we, the messaging on LinkedIn, and we'll we'll uh, we'll put a show notes. We'll put the. Um, Thanos's uh, details into the show notes so you can hook him up on uh, on LinkedIn. And look, if you want to know about your credit um, finance, hit hit up to uh, yep. better betterfinance.co.nz. Uh, we'll once again we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Amos, is there li- anything last that you'd like to leave people with as far as a bit of inspiration? Have you got a favourite quote at all that, that, that you like to like to come up with? There's no pressure. No, no, <laughs> no, I don't really. I feel like we covered it in those five points. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And they're probably what's live today or mm. what's like, you know, front of mind yeah. today. Yeah, nice. But um, yeah, I, I um, that's where I'm at. I just think maybe the, the biggest one that I've had to change lately is more that, yeah, that communication piece with the team and yeah. also is that exact one, is, is getting information for our yeah. call. That's the... Well, there's a great saying by Jim Rohn. It says, "Work harder on yourself than you do in your job." And you've 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 seen a classic example because that's what you're doing, mate. You you know you've got a job, you've got a business, but you're working harder on yourself because the 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 more you work on yourself, the better outcomes you get. And and taking the time to educate yourself, I think it's a real it's a real skill, uh, and it's a fact that you you know you, your willingness to learn, I think, is, is amazing as well. And your willingness, I think, if you can get if you can build a culture of where your team are willing to learn as well. I think that's great. That's a great place to be as well. So, you, and you bring people along that journey, which is it's very rewarding. So, man, man, I really appreciate your time. It's been fantastic having you here, guys and girls. Really appreciate you um, listening and watching to the Marketing for Business podcast. Um, we really appreciate all the reviews. I uh, love getting the comments on LinkedIn. Uh, Richard, it's been fantastic to know that you're 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 doing long walks and you love listening to the podcast in the morning. Austin, thank you for listening. It's been great that you guys uh, post those comments on LinkedIn too. So without you, we wouldn't have a show. So really appreciate it. Look, if you want to send us a review, please do. Uh, we love getting reviews as well. It helps us uh, keep the podcast alive and keep it going. So thanks for your time. Have a great day. And until then, take action. Hi, Scholson here again. Hey, thanks for listening to the Marketing for Business podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen, and we hope that you learned a lot from today's episode. Uh, if you could be so kind as to rate and share the podcast with your other business friends and colleagues, that'd be awesome. And if you'd like to listen to more episodes, why don't you head over to our website, www.getdigitalinfluence.com, uh, where we've got a whole bunch of other amazing interviews with business owners. Thanks for your time, and have a great day.